0: The tour content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt and this is the Stoic Jew Podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. Today's reading will be from Epictetus' The Enchiridion, The Handbook, chapters 49 and 46. But first, I wanted to share the context of uh, this episode. So I recently bought a couple of books by Ryan Holiday, who's a modern entrepreneur who has done a lot to promote the teachings of Stoicism in the in the eye of the public. Um, and uh, my favorite of the books that I've bought so far is this book called The Daily Stoic, where he has 366 uh, excerpts from, uh, from the Stoic writers, and he basically assigns one to each day. And I think there's 366 because of the leap year. And he he just shares the excerpt and then he comments on it. And I found it really nice. Uh, it's a nice way to, uh, just, you know, (laughs) have a daily dose of stoicism, which is kind of the idea of this podcast. But I belong to a Facebook, the Facebook stoicism group, which has like 57,000 people or something like that. And I, I posted a question there about whether there is any place that has an index of which which writings Ryan Holiday references in this book, because it's a little annoying. He, he lists his sources, but there's no, like, index in the back. So if I found, let's say I'm reading Marcus Aurelius on my own, and I want to look it up and see if he writes anything about it, then I uh, there's no way to do that other than look through every single day and see, you know, look for that specific quotation. So that's annoying. So anyway, I asked that question on the on the Facebook group, and I got a bunch of answers, and there were a couple of answers that spoke dismissively or derisively about Ryan Holiday, uh, and um, I want to share one of them, and I I admit that I'm kind of reading the tone into this, um, but I, I'm pretty confident that this is the tone. He says, So, and because this is in the context of people commenting about, about Ryan Holiday. So one person writes, it's the pop version of stoic literature. Similarly, there's nothing wrong with listening to pop music, but we must accept its limitations while enjoying its melodies. Okay, so something about that struck me as as something, <laughs> and I've been thinking about it for a little while to try to put into words what bothered me about that. And um, I, you know, so I'm going to actually, I'm going to start off by reading this excerpt from Epictetus in Enchiridion chapter 49. So he says, when someone prides themselves on being able to understand and explain Chrysippus, so Chrysippus was one of the first uh, Stoic teachers. So, anyway, let me start that again. When someone prides themselves on being able to understand and explain Chrysippus, say to yourself, If Chrysippus had not written obscurely, this person would have nothing on which to pride themselves. But what do I want? to understand nature and to follow her. Therefore, seek someone who can explain this to me. And when I hear that Chrysippus can do so, I go to him. But I do not understand his writings, so I seek someone who can explain them to me. Now, up to this point, there is nothing to be proud of. When I find someone to explain them, what remains is my putting his principles into practice. This is the only thing to be proud of. But if I am impressed merely by the act of explaining, what else have I accomplished but become a philologist instead of a philosopher, except only that I can explain Chrysippus instead of Homer? No, when someone says to me, "Explain Chrysippus to me," rather I feel rather than feel proud, I would blush when I am unable to manifest actions that agree and harmonize with Chrysippus's teaching. Okay, so um, the when I read this, it clicked into place about why I well, one of the reasons why I was uh, kind of taken aback by this person's derisive attitude towards pop pop stoic what he calls pop stoicism um, that like why would a person degrade any idea if it helps people to live in line with reality <laughs> you know um and i'm thinking specifically of michlei i mean you know michlei is was written by shlomo HaMelech. obviously it's my favorite sefer Tanakh, and it's very practical and chazal in a series of midrashim and she'er and raba praise shlomo hamelach for basically taking torah which was inaccessible to the average person and then um and making it accessible through the methods of Mishle. Uh, and they, in other words, they don't criticize, first of all, Shlomo was the greatest uh, Chacham in his time, uh, and um, and and Chazal don't criticize him for popularizing the ideas of Torah and making them accessible to people. They praise him for it. And, you know, I'm not going to read through all the Midrashim, but the Midrashim end with this great mashal here. Uh, it says, So don't let this mushal, meaning the method of uh, of parable or of analogies, be lightly esteemed in your eyes. Mushal, <speaking in Hebrew> because through mushal, Mushal has through this mushal, Adam Yahoo Lamod Torah, a person can uh, can stand firm in in the in the in the words of Torah or the principles of Torah. Now it gives a mushal about this. Okay, ironically. mi beso tova. Okay, so it's comparable to a king who loses gold or precious pearl from his house. Uh, so, will he not find it by means of a wick worth a coin? So too this mushal. Lo yihi e kabay it should not be lightly esteemed in your eyes. Sha'ideha mushal adam omid al-dive torah. Because through mushal a person will stand firm uh on principles of Torah. Taidalaka, you should know, Shuhu Kane, that is this is so. Shahishlomo Aideha Mashal Hazel amar Al Dikdu Keha Shal Torah. That Shlomelh through mushal arrived at the finest nuances of Torah. So that's the mushal, okay? Is that if you lose a piece of gold in your house, you're going to use a cheap wick that's worth a penny to find it? So, so too with mushel, Shlomo HaMelech took ideas of Torah that are as valuable, more valuable than gold, and through this, 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 so to speak, cheap thing, then he uh, he illuminated Torah for people and allowed people to arrive at Torah. So, so <laughs> that's how I feel about about people who popularize Stoic ideas. Like, you know, you're doing. You, the fact that you're popularizing and making it accessible to people, that's what it's for. The ideas are in order to live by. And if you could do that through, through you know, this pop, you know, it's, it's not like pop music. You know, pop music, I mean, I, I guess it depends on what you think of pop music, but like... You know it's it's not just taking ideas and watering them down in order to somehow achieve them it's making them accessible to people in ways that can reach a broader audience and allow people to live by them and i think that's an admirable thing and i'm thinking where does it come from if you're going to derive that it must come from something like what epictetus is condemning here where a person wants to be able to pride themselves on being able to expound on fancy philosophical ideas and to people that explain things. And because that person is a philologist, which in Greek is a grammatikos, as opposed to a philosopher, which is a philosophos, uh, or however you say it. See, I don't even know. Uh, and, uh, and, and I think it's so easy to get caught up in the fact that like, you pride yourself on being an intellectual for being able to explain these ideas, but in reality, it's living by the ideas that is the that, that makes you a true philosopher. Um, and you know the way he concluded that excerpt there, he says, uh, when someone says to me, explain Chrysippus to me, I, rather than feel proud, I would blush when I'm unable to manifest actions that agree and harmonize with Chrysippus's teaching. So that reminds me of the opening the uh, the crowning pasuk of the Mishnah Torah uh, that the Ramam uses, which is from Tehillim 119.6, which says, Azlo Evosh al Then I will not be embarrassed when I look upon all of your mitvos. Uh, which the Rama means when, once a person knows all of the mitzvos, which are explained in the Mishnah Torah, then, then they won't be ashamed when they look at the mitzvos. So what is the shame? So the Radak explains on that pasuk. Kimish ha mitzvos, someone who does not keep the mitvos, roiloshi evosh, kishiyavin mitzvos, it is proper for him to be ashamed when he understands the mitzvahs that are written in the Torah. K'im because if he is a thief, and then he he uh, he looks and then understands in in the book of the Torah, v'ira lo and he sees the phrase "do not steal." should be calling. and then in truth he'll be uh, he'll be ashamed. So, so in other words, it, it, it's the 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 real measure of whether you are actually relating to the words of the Stoics the way that, that they were meant to be related to, is if you actually live by them. Uh, that's the only thing that actually matters. And I want to end off with an excerpt a couple chapters earlier in the Enchiridion, uh, chapter 46, where where he's talking about people who pride themselves as being philosophers. And he says... On no occasion call yourself a philosopher and do not talk a great deal amongst uneducated people about philosophical principles, but do what follows from those principles. For example, at a banquet, do not talk about how people ought to eat, but eat as someone should. Remember how Socrates had so completely eliminated ostentation that people would come to him wanting to introduce them to philosophers, and he would take them off to other philosophers. So little did he care about being overlooked. And if a discussion about philosophical principles should arise in in uneducated people, keep silent for the most part. For there is great danger that you will immediately vomit up what you have not yet digested. And when someone says to you that you know nothing and you are not offended, then know that you have begun your work. For sheep do not show the shepherd how much they have eaten by vomiting up their fodder but they digest their food within to produce wool and milk on the outside so do not display your philosophical principles to uneducated people but show them the actions that result from the principles when you digest them so again that's emphasizing how you know the main thing is not to be called a philosopher or looked upon as such uh, and you should even take pains to diminish that reputation in order to focus on on living in accordance with the principles now there is one thing that we would say is different here or at least one thing which is that actually maybe two things is that in torah we are we are trying to produce a culture of chachma a culture of wisdom and part of that is being involved in learning even if you're not doing it for the right reasons and the second part of that is is having people who possess Chachma be known and revered so that they can share it and pass it on to other people. So for example, we would not say that a, a Talmud Chacham, uh, so that someone who is a wise uh, a, you know, Torah scholar, we shouldn't say that he should conceal his identity as a Talmud Chacham. Yes, he should be humble uh, and he shouldn't be ostentatious, but to conceal it and to like not talk about Chachma with uneducated people would be counterproductive to the the culture of chavha that we're trying to produce, and furthermore, it's on a selfish level, it's beneficial to talk about chavha even with uneducated people. And I'm kind of surprised to hear Epictetus say this, because what would happen if Socrates? Just didn't talk philosophy uh, with uneducated people. I mean, we would have no philosophy anymore. You know, Socrates wouldn't develop as a thinker, and uh, and the world wouldn't benefit from him. So I'm I'm kind of surprised that he says don't talk about philosophy. That's why I'm. If I were to be Don the if I were to judge him favorably, I would be saying he doesn't mean to not discuss philosophy. Uh, he means to not get caught up in your discussion of philosophy and lording it over these uh, uneducated people and and uh, and forgetting to prioritize living in accordance with the ideas. Um, but anyway, so again, I don't know whether the person, uh, who posted that comment on Facebook was, uh, was actually falling into any of these traps, but, uh, but it, it struck me as just the wrong attitude to have about, about learning, uh, and about stoicism and about popular forms of, of, of teaching ideas. Uh, and I, I think, you know, I think we, I I am definitely guilty of, of, of doing this with, uh, with divray Torah. I mean, I remember, I mean, this is an older problem that I used to have is that when I would hear like a, a a simple devar Torah, then I would kind of look at it in a derisive manner, like this guy on Facebook with the stoics, with the stoics. And like, if it didn't have ideas in it, if it didn't have Chachma, if it wasn't profound, um, and I'm, you know, I've come to realize that no, I mean, all Torah is good, and uh, and and there's a place for for you know, as long as anything that moves a person closer to Hashem and to Torah and to truth uh, is, uh, is, is good and should not be, uh, dismissed or derided. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, there are, there are forms of, 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 of De Torah and of, uh, ideas in Torah that are, are deeper and, and more insightful than others, but that does not mean that the other, that the lesser forms should be dismissed as long as they help a person to uh, live according to Torah. Okay. That is it for today's episode. Um, I, uh, want to mention, what was, I was going to say something? Okay, I guess I'll have to say it some other time. (laughs) Don't remember. If you've gained from what you've learned here today and would like to support my production of even more Torah content, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com. Link is in the description. And as I've mentioned these last couple of days, we are gearing up for the summer and for a year in which I uh, I, uh, will be losing one of my streams of revenue. Uh, And my goal... However, I get there (laughs) is to uh, be able to continue with with these podcasts and with giving all these uh, these you know extracurricular shiurin that I am uh, not being paid for, Um, and that's what the Patreon is for. So, if you value the Torah content that you've heard from me enough to contribute uh, and to help make it possible, literally for me to continue teaching, then um, then uh, your efforts are much appreciated. And if you're on the fence, Um, I'm happy to talk to you about it and to explain to you, you know, what, what, uh, what the benefits are. Um, I was thinking about sharing like how much each podcast costs to make, uh, and how much, uh, I don't know, maybe I'll do that at some point anyway. So thank you to my listeners for listening and thank you to my patrons for supporting their efforts to make tour ideas available and accessible to everyone.